Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so Winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Welcome to the all-new True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast with your host, Larry Lease. Join us every week this season as we dive into the life and crimes of serial killers. From the butcher baker, Robert Hansen, to the Golden State Killer, Joseph D'Angelo. This week on True Crime Never Sleeps, we're covering the Zodiac Killer. So in the late 60s and early 70s, the Zodiac Killer terrorized Northern California, killing at least five people and claiming to have killed 37 people in total. On December 20th, 1968, around 11 p.m. near Vallejo, California, 17-year-old David Faraday and 16-year-old Betty Lou Jensen were shot and killed while sitting in a parked car in a gravel parking area off of Lake Hermit Road. By the time police arrived, Betty was found dead on the ground, 30 feet away from the car. But David was still alive. However, David would die on the way to the hospital. At this time, nobody knew this was the work of a serial killer. Zodiac's next crime would occur on July 4, 1969, at around midnight near Blue Rock Springs Park, only a few minutes away from the previous crime. Zodiac approached the parked car with a flashlight, shooting 22-year-old Darlene Farron and 19-year-old Michael Magoo before walking away and coming back to shoot them both again. Both were still alive when found, but only Michael would survive. Michael was able to make out the face of the man who shot him and described him as a young white man. Approximately 26 to 30-year-old, stocky, 200 pounds or larger, about 5 foot 8 with light brown curly hair and a large face. 
on August 1st, 1969, the San Francisco Chronicle, the San Francisco Examiner, and the Vallejo Times Herald all received identical handwritten letters from someone claiming to be the killer. The letters detailed specifics about the murders to prove that the writer was in fact the killer. The letters were signed with a distinct mark, a circle with a cross through it. The mark that would eventually become known as the mark of the Zodiac Killer. Also included in the letters were three different codes that the Zodiac demanded to be printed in the newspapers or else he would kill again. August 4th, another letter was received that started with the phrase, This is the Zodiac speaking, marking the first time the killer referred to himself as the Zodiac Killer. Four days later, the code was cracked by a couple in Salinas, California. It reads, I like killing because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I'll be reborn in paradise and those I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for afterlife. On September 27, 1969, in Napa, California, 22-year-old Cecilia Shepard and 20-year-old Brian Hartnell were picnicking on the shores of Lake Berryessa when Cecilia saw a man hiding behind a nearby tree and staring at her. After some time, the man came out from behind the tree wearing an executioner-style hood over his head with the Zodiac Killer symbol on his chest. He had a gun and a long knife and used pre-cut rope to tie up Cecilia and Brian before stabbing them repeatedly. Cecilia died at the hospital, but Brian Hartnell would survive, despite being stabbed six times in the back. Brian Hartnell described the man as being 5 foot 8 to 6 feet tall, heavy set, weighing about 225 to 250 pounds, with dark brown hair that he saw through the eye holes in the mask. A message was found on the side of Brian's car with a zodiac sign. The dates of all three killings in the word by knife below the September 27th date on October 11th, 1969, just before 10 p.m. in San Francisco, California, at the intersection of Washington and Cherry cab driver Paul Stein was shot in the head by his passenger. A teen girl from her home across the street heard the shot along with two other witnesses in her home and got a good look at the man as he wiped down the car and walked away. He called the police and described the man as a white male between 25 to 30 years old, once again 5 foot 8 to 5 foot 9 tall, stocky with reddish brown crew cut hair and heavy rimmed glasses. A police car that was nearby came quickly to the scene, but the chaos of the situation would strangely result in the police dispatcher incorrectly identifying the suspect as an African-American male. That incorrect identification would prove to have disastrous consequences. The police car driven by Officer Don, Don Falk and Eric Zelms would come upon a white male walking on the sidewalk described by the officers as 5'10", 170 pounds, about 40 years old, wearing glasses with reddish hair and a crew cut very, very similar to the description offered by the teen girl. However, because they were looking for an African-American male, the two officers left the man alone. A composite sketch would be drawn based on the two descriptions that would later become part of a famous wanted poster. Another crucial piece of evidence was a bloody fingerprint discovered in the cab. However, the Zodiac claims in a letter that it was planted by him to throw the cops off his trail. 
two days later at the San Francisco Chronicle gets another letter that claims responsibility for the cab driver, Paul Stein's murder, and includes a piece of Stein's bloodstained shirt. Even more horrifying, the letter also includes, quote, School children make nice targets. I think I shall wipe out a school bus some money. Just shoot at the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. He also later included diagrams of bombs that can be used on buses. After this, the Zodiac Task Force was created so that multiple departments could share info. On April 20, 1970, a letter to the San Francisco Chronicle included a cipher with the sentence, My name is blank, which later became a point of contention in potential suspects. The Zodiac would continue to send letters before stopping in 1971, only to send his last letter in 1974 where he claimed to have killed 37 people and bizarrely reviews his viewing of The Exorcist, which he calls the best satirical comedy that he's ever seen. Skipping to 2002, the San Francisco Police Department was able to extract a partial genetic profile from a Zodiac letter from the saliva on the stamp. The profile was not enough to conclusively identify a single person, but enough to eliminate potential suspects. that, let's take a look at the suspects with the most circumstantial evidence against them. The first theory is from Gary Stewart, who believes that his father, Earl Van Best, was the Zodiac Killer. Gary Stewart published a book called The Most Dangerous Animal of All that presents this theory. Best bears an uncanny resemblance to the composite sketch from the Paul Stein killing. His name also matches the number of characters in the My Name is Cypher. Finally, Stewart says a handwriting expert is virtually certain that Best's handwriting on his marriage license matches the writing of the Zodiac Killer. Now here are the reasons why Best may not be the Zodiac. According to an administrator at the church where Best's marriage certificate came from, the handwriting is that of the priest and not Best himself, making the match that was virtually certain implicate the priest rather than Best. Furthermore, Best only matches the description of the Zodiac at the Paul Stein killing, but not the heavyset large face description of the Zodiac in the previous three killings. Gary also tried to test his father's DNA against the recovered 2002 Zodiac DNA, but investigators never complied with their reason being not enough evidence to make a case. The second and most famous theory is from Robert Graysmith, who believes that Arthur Lee Allen is the Zodiac killer. This theory happens to be the basis for the 2000 film The Zodiac starring Jake Gyllenhaal as Robert Graysmith. Robert Graysmith was actually a political cartoonist at the San Francisco Chronicle that became obsessed with finding the Zodiac. After nearly 10 years of personal research, Graysmith wrote two books entitled Zodiac and Zodiac Unmasked that heavily implicate Arthur Lee Allen as the Zodiac. Here is Graysmith's case for Arthur Lee Allen. The day of the third Zodiac attack at Lake Berryessa in 1969, Allen told his family he was going scuba diving at Lake Berryessa. Later that evening, he came home covered in blood with a bloody knife in his car. If you recall, the Zodiac murdered Cecilia Shepard that day with a knife. Two years later, in 1971, one of Allen's friends, Don Chaney, said that Allen called himself the Zodiac before the killer publicly referred to himself as the Zodiac. Chaney also said Allen told him that he was planning to hunt people with a gun and a flashlight tied to it. As a result of this information, the police would interview Allen a second time 
where Alan said his favorite book is The Most Dangerous Game, a book about a man who hunted humans. Now, the book referenced by the Zodiac in his first letter to the press. To add insult to injury, Alan was also wearing a Zodiac brand watch, which contained the same symbol the killer used. The police searched Alan's trailer home, where they found small dissected animals in a freezer, bloody knives, and sexual devices, but no direct evidence of the murders. In 1974, Allen was convicted of child molestation, a crime for which he spent three years in jail. Coincidentally, during this time, no Zodiac letters were received. In 1987, a San Jose jail inmate named Ralph Spinelli told police that Allen admitted to him that he murdered Paul Stein. In August 1991, Vallejo detective George Barr interviews Mike Ngo man who survived the second Zodiac attack and saw the Zodiac without his mask on. When shown a lineup of photographs, he picked out the man who shot him. It was Arthur Lee Allen. One year later, in August 1992, Allen is found at home dead from a suspected heart attack. And, uh, and with that, let's transition into reasons why Allen may not be the Zodiac killer. Allen's DNA was compared against the 2002 DNA extracted from the stamp saliva on a Zodiac letter. It was not a match. However, it's also believed that Alan had a habit for letting others lick his stamps instead of him, which would explain why the profile didn't match him. And additionally, in 1971, the police took Alan's fingerprints, but the prints did not match the bloody prints recovered from the Paul Stein crime scene. They also had Alan undergo handwriting analysis, but the handwriting did not match the Zodiac either. Alan also does not look like the sketch from the Paul Stein killing in the slightest but it's worth mentioning that Arthur Lee Allen was considered the prime suspect for the Zodiac for most involved police departments and is widely believed to be the Zodiac. The third theory is from retired Escalon California police officer Harvey Hines who believes Lawrence Kay, more commonly known by the surname Kay, was the Zodiac killer. Kay was involved, or Kay was involved in a car accident in 1962 which resulted in brain damage influencing his behavior. One psychologist claimed, quote, losing the ability to control self-gratification. Additionally, Kane can be seen in the Zodiac's My Name is Cypher, and in that cypher, there are three to eight circles around him. Three times eight is 24, and Kane was born in 1924. Additionally, the Zodiac's second victim, Darlene Farron, had a sister who said Kane was the man who followed and harassed Darlene in the weeks leading up to Darlene's murder. In the 1969 Paul Stein murder, a man suspected to be the Zodiac seen by the two officers was described as 35 to 45 year old. Kane was 45 in 1969. Officer Don, Don Fouke said in 1987 that, the, that of the hundreds of pictures over the 20 years he had been shown, Kane was quote, the closest of them as he remembered the killer. In fact, an excerpt from Vallejo PD states, quote, The investigation has placed Kay and Kane in the locals where several of the Zodiac victims either lived or were killed. In 1970, Kane moved to South Lake Tahoe in that year a possible Zodiac victim that we did not discuss earlier named Donna Lass disappears in South Lake Tahoe. Donna Lass also coincidentally worked at the same South Lake Tahoe hotel as Kane. But the last and arguably most damning evidence Kane is about is about another Zodiac interaction we haven't discussed yet either. 
On the night of March 22, 1970, on Highway 132 near Patterson, California, Kathleen Johns and her baby were tricked into riding in the Zodiac's car. After entering the car, the Zodiac told Johns that he was going to kill her and throw her baby out after her. As the Zodiac was about to make a turn, Johns jumped out of the car and ran into a nearby field with her baby and escaped. Despite some believing this is an unconfirmed Zodiac encounter, other believes, others believe a letter confirms this incident. Quote, so now I have a little list, starting with the woman plus her baby that I gave a rather interesting ride to. The reason I bring this encounter up is because Kathleen Johns, unlike most surviving Zodiac victims, had an extended FaceTime with the Zodiac. This is important because when shown a line of, of the photographs, Kathleen Johns was reportedly able to pick out the man who tried to kill her. It was Lawrence Kane. But now let's look at some evidence that proves Kane isn't the Zodiac. I couldn't find an instance of a DNA test against the recovered 2002 sample, nor could I find a record of Kane's fingerprint being tested against the print found at the Paul Stein crime scene. Furthermore, Kane's handwriting was not a match to the Zodiac's, but also it could not be ruled out. Additionally, Kane, much like Best, matched the description of the killer at the Paul Stein murder scene, but does not match the large, heavyset description of the Zodiac in the first three crime scenes. Now that you've heard all the stories, who do you think did it? I think those two at the end are the most plausible, but I think the real answer would have to be there was one person and then a copycat as well. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Follow us on Twitter at True Crime NS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Tune in next week for an all new episode. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.